the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. And welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. What a difference a week makes, Pastor Sean, compared to last week. This is a brand new place. (laughs) Well, our team is pretty hot. I mean, they get on it, and they get it done. Yeah, if you were listening last week, you remember we had, uh, it was during the huge rainstorm, the, the studio room where Baron and I were, uh, had some leaking problems, and it was uh, it was some serious stuff. But our facilities team has put this back together because we got a big event coming up this weekend. Yes, you do. Johnny Lee is going to be in the house. Mo Bandy is going to be in the house. T.G. Shepard's going to be. In, I mean, this is like the legends of country. They're yep. going to be here on Saturday. And again, you'd never know that this place was a disaster last week. That's your show. <laughs> oh, disaster! Really, drama? Dra- okay, is that the what we're going to say? Disaster. Well, it was. It, it we had some leaks, and it was. Uh, but they have corrected that, and we're good to go. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. Legends of country. Country. Uh, you can still get tickets right. available. You can go to reallifeamp.org. It's a great event, yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Looking for love. In all, all the... the... <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Why are you the way you are? That's the that's the other show that we do. <laughs> yeah, how's everything going with you, man? Oh, don't get me started. I was at the I was at the tower all day yesterday trying oh. to solve my little tower issues, and my drama continues, but uh, the Lord is faithful. Yes, and he is. I don't know if I told you this, but some sweet people in Bernie are going to throw us a party to fundraise some money to help solve my problems. Hey, that's awesome. Isn't that really cool? That is exciting, man. Yeah, Glad very, to hear that. Cool. that. That's Sean, very cool. again, we're on a little string here of some some rock star guests uh, we've uh, that's what we do baron yeah and if you don't mind me saying this is a a dear friend of mine yep going back into the day yours too matter of fact your story goes deeper than mine yeah our guest is joe carroll uh he leads an organization that we call ble but it's biblical leadership for excellence and joe i've known joe for years well let's just go ahead and bring him in and we can kind of let him tell some joe are Are you you here here? joe joe hey (laughs) guys man there's a party started that's right that's right didn't Joe give you the first tour? Uh, oh, without a doubt. Joe was the chairman of our school board, and we I went to him one day, and we were at our other location, and we had two multi-site campuses. We were doing off-site parking. We were growing. And I said, man, the elders, we're really praying for a place. And Joe said, well, you want to look at the Verizon Amphitheater? Yeah. <laughs> I literally think my response was, why is the Alamo Dome not available, Joe? I mean, well, well, it's just a small property, you know, so you know. 100 acres isn't very much for the church. So think big, think big, think big. I, I thought he was kidding. But he wasn't, and, you know, that's another story for another time. But God did an amazing work, and he used you, Joe Carroll, for all the cool stuff that we're seeing. You played a part. That's very cool. Uh, That thrills my heart. Every time I, when I drive across the loop or section of four and I can see the amphitheater from the yep, highway, yep. it just, it just reminds me of amazing God. And you're right. It's a story for another day, but it is a compelling, amazing story. And just one note after 
40 years I've been practicing commercial real estate, mm. it was the most complicated, most exciting deal mm. I ever did in my whole career. Yep. Yeah. I, hey, it was, you know, and there's a thing called the list in San Antonio. It's a commercial real estate thing. Yeah, I'm sure you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. We made the list. We were the largest kind of per square footage, the land transaction in San Antonio that year. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we had our, our, I remember our title company was like, dude, he, he actually told me, he said, you uh, have compiled an amazing team. He said, because you could have screwed this up. (laughs) Thank you for your confidence, Mark. (laughs) You know me well. (laughs) We we tried. (laughs) We did try. But that was, you were part of that, Joe. You were part of that whole thing. So we'll have you back sometime and we will. We'll talk about our story and this whole thing because it's a very cool story. Uh, But but you do something really unique. You know, you retired from commercial real estate. You stepped away and you started this organization. Tell people a little bit about biblical leadership for excellence because it really is something that resonates with me and I've seen you you invest in and just equip and build up a whole lot of leaders in business and just people who want to make their work count for more. So tell us a little bit about BLE. Yeah, well, actually, it started back in the early 80s when I was uh, in my mid-20s. And You may not even know this part of the story, but... Uh, my wife and I were heading to Mexico in a couple of years to maybe be missionaries with a mission organization. And I graduated from college and started work. Mm-hmm. And work disrupted my theological pra- framework. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do with it. I knew kind of what to do with church. I knew how to minister to college students. But when it came to people in the workplace, and lo and behold, a few years later, a couple of other guys who were older and wiser than I was, we started getting together and praying. Right. And from that, there was zilch stuff available on faith and work. Uh, there just wasn't much at all. And so we started fumbling and writing stuff. And so I was in my late 20s, and it took off. And we never thought we'd be starting an organization, but the mm. organism of God grew to a point where one of the guys said, hey, I'll go on staff. And so mm. by faith, he did that. And so we've been around since 1985. And so I've been involved in different times and different levels mm-hmm. of BLE. And uh, about probably 10 or 12 years ago with my kids launching, matter of fact, my youngest daughter, who just had a baby, Janie, mm. who was yes. a valedictorian at River City yes. Believers Academy. Yes. I, after my kids launched, I started looking at what my next chapter was. And right. so I ratcheted back my real estate practice quite a bit. And around that same time, our executive director, who'd been for us for a while, died suddenly in his sleep. It was very inconsiderate of him, but he's now in a, in a place that he's enjoying more than he did here. But uh, God uh, circumstantially changed, and so I rerouted a lot of my vocational efforts into BLE, which I spend 90% of my time. I still, mm. matter of fact, I just came from the real estate office. They still give, oh, me, you a, still, yeah. they still give me a key. Oh, nice, nice. I, I moved out of my nice <laughs> plush office into a little cubicle, <laughs> and so I'm still a partner there, but uh, they, they just say hi and bye, and let me have a soft drink when I come by, so... Uh, and we still have a ministry there in the office building where, okay. where our office is. And so it's a great company. What we simply do is we help people connect with God's greater purpose and work. Mm. And, I mean, it, it's based on John 10, 10, because Jesus said, you know, the thief comes to what? To steal, slaughter, and destroy. And he right. has stolen so much of people's joy and purpose in the workplace that we're reclaiming that. And... Uh, Statistics might show at best 30% of people have purpose in their work. Mm. Wow. So every day, and, and so every day, there's a million people go to work in San Antonio area. A million. Right. 
So do the math. Yeah. 700,000 people every day are getting up and either going to their computer in their home office or driving to work, and they really can't wait till Friday. Why do you think that is, Joe? I mean, I don't mean to interrupt there, but that's yeah. such a startling, but I think we recognize intuitively that that's true. Why are so many people that seem to be unfulfilled or working without purpose? Um, I think there's some different factors, but one is our cultural issue coming from a Greek Mm. background where there is a dichotomy. There's a separation of soul and body is that we easily, easily compartmentalize. I mean, Uh. we do it. And we don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, who, who wants to be known as a hypocrite? I mean, nobody does. Right. But the level of, of purposefulness and connection with the Word of God and the Spirit of God in the midst of the day, plus our society, our culture is so bent on productivity. Right. And, and I, frankly, I have never seen people more stressed out in the 40 years I've been in the workplace. Yeah. It's just very intense. And so um, I, I personally believe that the hardest place to live out the gospel is in the home because mm. uh, my wife knows me. <laughs> <laughs> very well. <laughs> and you know Martha. And she knows me. And so, but I think the most disconnected is in the workplace. It's like Monday mm. morning hits, people walk in the office, they turn on that productivity mode, and they're trying to uh, please people, get approval, trying to just make a paycheck, trying to get advancement. And I tell you, spiritual values and connection with God go out really quick. And so yeah. people don't want it. And, and I even see my adult children who are very productive in the work environments. A lot of them are just pressed. They're just, they're just, it's tough. Right. You know? Well, one of the things that kind of, I saw it in the millennials. It's kind of when it really came to fruition and now it's carried on into Gen Z. It's this idea of the gig economy or uh-huh. the side hustle. Yeah. And I think that reflects everybody's mm-hmm. desire to be doing something that matters or doing something that they can have choices mm-hmm. and that they can direct their lives. And I think that reflects what you're talking about. Yeah. There's this hunger for something more and they're trying to, to kind of establish something different. Yeah, I, th- I think that's very true. And so in some sense, I think the next generation has seen what the older generation like us said, hey, you know, we don't want that. Right. You know, yep. so there's some good in that, but they're not landing well in some, some areas of really connecting. And we kind of have four strategies in everything we do, and they're four C's, they're real simple, is we help people connect, connect with God theologically and personally in their work. We want that connection level. So wherever their gap is, mm. we want to help close that gap. And, and, and I didn't intend to have a sacred, secular divide in, when I was a young person starting to workplace. But unless we're intentional about it and really understand the theological basis of work, because, I mean, frankly, you turn to Genesis 1, the first image we have of God is he's working. Right. I mean, this work thing's a big deal to him. Right. You know, I mean, no, great point. You know, and so, you know, he created government, he created the family. And I heard somebody talk, they say, he created government, he created family, he created, you know, different things. And I said, well, what about work? God created work. He loves yeah. work. And so, what people think, some people think work is a part of the curse. Because yes. he said the ground will be cursed because of what you did. Actually works before the curse. Yeah. You know, when he said work the garden. Mm-hmm. So I love what you guys are doing because it feels like there's a redemptive yes. side of this. You are reclaiming something that people have ceded to the enemy. That's exactly right. And it's just like the family. I mean, it's family and marriage is hard. Work is hard. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's hard. But, but in Genesis 2.15, he gives this amazing mandate to Adam and Eve, and he's really speaking to all of mankind. Mm-hmm. He says, I want you to care and cultivate. Right. And this is the beautiful garden. And he's telling them, 
He's telling them, basically, I want you to take care of it. It needs help. Right. And I want you to make it better. And so everything that we do in work, if we can connect with that theological mandate, it helped me when I was out commercial real estate opening an overhead door. And I thought, man, this is, a, is this spiritual? And I thought, no, I am, what I'm doing has a much bigger purpose behind mm. the menial. All of a sudden, the menial has a meaning because I see I'm caring and cultivating. So, again, that connection. The second C is consecrating, mm. is, that, is that we have to turn it over to God. And consecration, as you know, Sean, is, is, is that turning that, that, that sanctifying part of work. And so we actually call people to say, hey, you've had a conversion. Have you ever had a workplace conversion? Right. And so we have people, if they want to, they sign a deed where they deed over their work to God. And we'll commemorate it. And we'll say, bless you. And we have seen people saying, you know, I don't know what's ahead, but I'm giving it to him, and I'm not looking back. Mm. And it doesn't mean we don't next day get it, have to get it all over again. But they put a stake in the ground where they consecrate it. The third C is, is that they would accept their responsibility as a commissioned, that they would see that they are a commissioned ambassador in Christ. They are the priest in their office, in their workplace. They are an ambassador there. They're the prophet that God's put there. Mm, that, that it's like no that. mistake where they are. And I can tell you the day that I really realized, I, I, instead of being focused on this mission for where my wife and I thought where I was going, all of a sudden I saw my work, my office. Yes, this is my mission field. This is where I go every day and I'm empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm. and, and I need my pastors, and I need them to help me, but I'm responsible. Right. I'm responsible for carrying out this. And, and I saw amazing things happen in my mm. workplace in spite of me just because I put that stake in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. What's the fourth C? Community. Community. Yeah, is that we have to do it together. And I just came from a, we had a luncheon today. We have a monthly luncheon in BLE called Kingdom Connection, or we have either luncheons or breakfast, whatever. But we bring people together in a sense of community and say, let's reclaim, yeah. let's reclaim what we have here. So today we had a, a lady who owns franchises for Aunt Annie's pretzels, and she's missional. And so we come together and say, okay, how can we warm the embers here and let her story feed into other people's story yeah. because that's where people really connect. And unfortunately, as in my case, in many, many people's cases, they don't see really good role models. Mm. And I remember when I started working, I was shocked. I'd see a, a guy drive up to look at a real estate property and had a nice big ichthus on the back of his Mercedes and, and he'd get out of the car and I saw how he did business. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is disconnect. Yeah. No, that's so a good point. We need to help have good role models where people say, okay, I may not do it the way Lisa does it or Sean does it or Baron or Joe does it, but I can learn from other people. Yeah. And what are the examples I can take from them in terms of what they do? That is awesome. Now, I think the, a three and four, if you get one and two down, connecting with God and work and consecrating. Mm -hmm. Talk about those a little more. So let's say you're a guy who maybe right now you're not a business owner. You're mm -hmm. a guy who just goes to work. I work at a trucking company. I work at a car dealership or something. Tell me about connecting with God and consecrating my work. What What are the steps I'm going to take? Well, I think it's a it's the step, what I call motion. And, you know, Jesus had a very interesting conversation with a lady at the woman at the well. We're familiar with the story probably. Right. We're talking there. But he brings up this idea of worship. Mm. I mean, he's given this theological in conversation with this lady and brings her to worship. And I think the thing that I, I've seen from all this is basically God designed work to be worship. Mm. And, and you don't hear that. Right. 
And usually we, we think of worship because what he was basically tearing down the lies, the walls with her is that worship is geographical. It's limited to certain people who are in certain positions. And Jesus blew the doors off of it, and then he punctuated it on the cross. Right. When he died on the cross, we all know what happened to that temple curtain. Yeah. That temple curtain torn from the top to the bottom. And he, he changed worship forever in terms of, of what it means to worship. And, and we don't have this in our Bibles, but if you look at the, in the Old Testament, there are three interesting translations for a word called avad or avadah. It's the Hebrew word. And in the Old Testament, it's used sometimes as serve. Mm-hmm. And Joshua, when he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's Avad. And when God's told Moses to come out of uh, Egypt and I want you to come and worship me, that's Avad, Avadah. And then he also says, uh, six days you will labor and then you work. And that same word is work is Avadah. So work, service, and worship in the Old Testament, is often used interchangeably. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that that's neat? good. That's really good. And so it's like, okay, how, why are we separating this out? And so it's not like we sit there. I don't sit there at my desk and, and singing songs all the time. But You do. I've heard that. <laughs> well, that's why they moved <laughs> they, me out they, of the moved you out. <laughs> <That's why> they, <laughs> you've heard that story. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, but, but go on. Yeah, you, you, it's not like I'm having a worship service, but how is a guy who's working at a car dealership or working, yeah. you know, a trucking company, whatever, how's he saying, I'm going to I'm worship, worship today? Yeah, I'm yeah. worshiping today. With and, my... and so the real connection is, is I think Paul nails it. He really nails it tight in Romans 12, 1, when he says, therefore, because of God's mercy, because mm. of the mercies of God, yeah, that's good. I get to present my body as a living sacrifice in the NLT says, which is my true and, and proper worship right. worship. So here worship is now all of a sudden shown that worship is no longer just a location or just limited to certain mm-hmm. people is worship is me offering my body. What's well, my body? It's my mind. It's my eyes. It's my ears. So whenever I'm interacting with a customer or taking a phone call, I can be offering my body, my body parts, and my thinking and my aspirations, everything about me all of a sudden is now not limited just a few hours on a sunny morning. It should be nonstop. And so when when people come and say, okay, the worship service is getting ready to start, we should say, hey, it should never have stopped. You know, worship for us should never stop. Yeah, that's good. And so I think for the car salesman out there, he can say, yeah, I I can offer myself to this customer with my whole body, with my integrity, my mind, my ambitions, my hands. I can let him drive the car, you know. I can do all Mm -hmm. these things where my my whole body and my whole life is involved in it. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Well, no, it does. And what what immediately comes to mind is, okay, you might be tempted to fudge a little bit to make the sale because you're competing against someone who you think is being dishonest. And all of a sudden when I realize, oh, I'm worshiping, all of a sudden that's unacceptable. Because it's like one one reflection of God. I'm going to worship you, mm-hmm. whether I make this sale or not. I'm going yes. to be. I'm going to yeah. o- operate in integrity, and I'm going to worship you. Yeah, that's my worship. Yeah, and and lately I've been telling myself, which I, I need to have this self talk of, of am I offering my best ears? Mm. Am I offering my best eyes when I come in and and see certain things going on? Am I offering my best intentions? Yeah, you know that's worship. Am I offering my best? Because because worship always involves an offering. Mm. Whether it's money or my mind or my thoughts or my attitudes, 
it should always offer all, all of me, the best of me. And that's so good. Our guest is Joe Carroll with BLE. We're talking about uh, worshiping with your work and making your work something far more than just passing the time making a buck. Uh, Joe, who would you say, or maybe be, who would you say, or where have you seen this done well? What kind of practices have you seen that someone says, hey, they did this, and you thought, wow, that's someone really worshiping at work. They're, they're bringing their faith to mm-hmm. work. Yeah, a lady in my real estate office. Uh, she did this with an employee where she really, uh, he was struggling, and she went out and just took a personal interest in his life away from mm. the office, which mm-hmm. I thought was very. Uh, another situation, we had a fellow who signed his deed over. He was a high executive with a, a large company. He signed off on. He was a young believer at the time, mm-hmm. and I don't think he'd ever even been in a Bible study before when he was in one of ours. Five months later, he was let go. And his administrator is the one who had invited him to to the group. Everybody was concerned how he was doing. He came bouncing in that room. He said, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I've given this over to the Lord. Well, you know what he's doing today? He got the franchise from from leading thousands of people at one of our largest companies here in town. He now has the franchise for Kill Ones mm. down on Alamo Plaza. I don't know if you've ever been to Kill Ones. And I know who you're talking about yeah, now. That Larry Rose- yeah, you know yeah. Larry Rosenberger. Yeah. Yeah. He got this. Uh, Kill Ones sells ice cream and, and, and confectioners and stuff. And so he has what you call a church disguised as a chocolate shop. Wow, and and you've heard of the, you've heard of the Alamo, I think. Have you heard of that? I, I have. <laughs> I've run across it a time or two. Now, you know, I think it's one of our highest tourists. <laughs> yes. Well, he has the second mission on Alamo Plaza. Oh yeah, love that. He, he and so he's and he's a and matter of fact, he's very very adamant about it. And this is not just this is public information. Fox News came and did a expose on. The church disguised as a chocolate. It was on Channel 29 News. You can pull it up on YouTube and see it. And it shows him talking with his employees and what he does. He has a basement in his, if you go to the show, he would be glad to show it to you. He'll buy, he'll probably give you a thing of ice cream if you tell him you know me. Uh, (laughs) I'm not, you had me at ice cream. That's all the time we have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he's been a part of one of our groups for five years now. Wow. And he and we and we these owners come in and we talk about real life stuff that goes on. His employees do these dream boards, Sean. Wow. And and Baron, if you went over there, you'd come down his basement. He has a prayer room that separates. You, you've I've seen been it, there. yeah, been there. And so he invests and disciples these young Christian Man. men and women. Joe, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, even one of your advisory board members, Scott Barr. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. when he advertises Southwest Six Series, he t- refers to himself as the steward. Yes. And from yeah. top to bottom, his core values are biblically mm-hmm. rooted. He, he unapologetically saying, mm-hmm. we are about mm-hmm. something bigger than the bottom line. Yes. And I love that. I love the image, the verbal image mm-hmm. he gives himself in that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Legally, he's owner on paper. Right. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. actually, because yes. of his heart and his surrender to the Lord, he's steward of that business. And that's kind of what we're talking about. That's what we're getting at. Okay, Joe, so we've got people listening. Maybe there's someone listening right now. And maybe they're an employee working for someone and they're just punching a clock. Or they're a, they're a sales guy and they got a mm-hmm. big quota and they got a sales manager behind them pushing them hard. What steps would you say they take to go from I'm driven to, mm-hmm. hey, now I want to be called? Yeah. Well, um, obviously, making that commitment uh, and memorializing, and I would do it with people. I mean, um, if you have people in your church you can get together with and do this and focus, and there is something powerful, very powerful about two people 
coming into their conference room or in somebody's office, closing the door, of sitting down and opening the Bible and praying. Yeah. There, I tell you, it changed water cooler conversations in, in places like that. So, so if he would find some other people, and if they're not in his company or her company, if they can find it with some other people, and certainly they can call us, we'll, we can connect them yeah. somewhere. And that is so huge. I love that because you're right. I think that is the best advice. Connect with some other believers and just say, I want to begin mm-hmm. making every part of my life. Mm-hmm. How can they connect with you? Uh, well, they can connect our website. It's bleonline.org. Uh, they can call me, 210-422-6891. We'll get them connected. Uh, we have groups around town. Some are open groups where they can come as whenever they want, just for encouragement and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then we have actual focus groups that help them tr- get more training yeah. if they really want to be equipped yeah. in this. Joe, hey, thank you so much. I'd like to add that when you said that when you first started off, there wasn't a whole lot of material out there. You wrote a book, my friend. Yeah, he's written a couple books, Baron. Well, the the one that I have, the one that's signed, did you, I don't know if yours is signed. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm actually one of the people who endorsed oh, that, his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. Uh, Experiencing God in Your Work yeah. is the name of it. And, uh, and again, it's a great resource. Yeah. And that's also available at your website. Yeah. It, it is. As a matter of fact, and you've been in one of our groups. You helped start one of our groups. Thank remember? you very much. Yes, you did. And, and it, that, that group is still going. I know. It's still going. I love yeah. it. Why aren't you in it anymore? Because I started my own <laughs> making disciples in, in Bernie. It's called uh, Bernie Sharpens Bernie. And so I got a I love that, yeah, Baron. That is awesome. Cool. That is awesome, Joe. Thank you so much. We are we are so grateful to have you on, and uh, it just uh, it, it just means a lot. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. One more time, it's bleonline.org and reallife.org is uh, where you can find this podcast uh, yeah. on demand and a whole bunch more. And again, we've got another good one coming up. Matter of fact, another mutual friend on the horizon. I think in July, we've got Mike Shero coming cool. on from C12. Yeah, so. yeah. He's, a, he's a great guy. Let me just tell you, and let me give Joe an endorsement mm. because I went through a big business deal with Joe and everything he talks about, he does. He does. We prayed together. Mm-hmm. The way you operated with different people, you know, the way you handled difficult situations, you always were a man of faith in the midst of, of our business. And it helped our transaction. Obviously, it represented the Lord. Obviously, it advances the kingdom when we do that. But I just want to say the business was better because of the way you did that. So thank you, Joe, for that. Thank you. Just know, this is for real. I encourage you. I recommend BLE. Check it out. Pastor Sean, this was excellent. And again, in the spirit of BLE, uh, and being excellent is is a great form of, of, of worship. We're supposed to yeah. reflect God. Yeah. So great work, Sean, and thank you, Joe. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to Reaching for Real Life. Uh, we really appreciate it. Love to invite you out to River City Community Church this weekend, 930, 1130. Come on out. We're on Lookout Road, and we would love to help you as you desire to follow the Lord on the road to real life. You got a new series you want to promote at all? No. no. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do, but we'll just leave it at that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.